Episode 40 The Fourth Dispensation God's Promise Genesis 12 verses 1 to 9 Genesis 12 is the beginning of the fourth dispensation or way of working in human history. So far we've seen three dispensations. The first was innocence, which covered man's very short time in the Garden of Eden. After that came the second dispensation, conscience. This went from the time of being expelled from the Garden until the time of the flood of Noah. And the third was government, which went from the time after the flood right up until where we are now. The fourth dispensation is a time of promise to the sons of God in which God validates a covenant that he made to Abraham in his son Isaac and then in his son Jacob who is Israel. First one. Then the Lord said to Abraham, Leave your country, your relatives and your father's family. Go to the land I will show you. Abraham, or Abram, is asked to cut three specific ties. The first is to his country. The second tie he's asked to cut is his place of family. This includes all of the people of his culture. The third tie he is called to cut is his father's house. This really is his home and family. This included his cousins and those he grew up with. Abram is being called to cut all these ties and to move to a place that he has never seen and without even being told why. All God said is that it would be a land that I will show you. So it has been more than 290 years since God spoke directly to man. The last time he did was after the flood in the year 1657 Anno Mundi. This was in chapter 9 verse 17 when God made a covenant with the people of the world. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. God closed his mouth after making a covenant with Noah. And then here in verse 2, he opens it again to direct Abram to go to the covenant land he will give him. Verse 2, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Abraham gave up a land of idolatry to inherit the covenant land of God. He left his family, and he would become the father of many nations. And he left his father's house, and he became the man of faith, renowned throughout history. This is the way God works in the life of those who are obedient to him. What we give up for the sake of Christ, is to be counted as rubbish in comparison to the glories which he will bestow upon us by simply calling out to him in faith. Nothing which is left behind can compare to the beauty of what lies ahead. Jesus himself said, Assuredly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or parents or brothers, or wife, or children, for the sake of the kingdom of God, who shall not receive many times more in this present time, and in the age to come, eternal life. Verse 3. I will bless those who bless you. I will place a curse on those who harm you. Abraham was asked to leave home and go off to a place that God would show him. And in exchange, God made a promise, an otherwise unconditional promise to him. 
And because it's written in what we believe is God's word, then we are asked and expected to believe it, just as it was spoken and just as it is recorded. This is especially important because this promise of a blessing is passed from Abraham to his son Isaac and then from Isaac to Jacob, who is Israel. The promise to Isaac is in Genesis chapter 26. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Don't go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land and I will be with you. I will bless you. I will give you and your descendants all these lands. I will keep the agreement I made to Abraham, your father. I will give you many descendants. They will be as hard to count as the stars in the sky. And I will give them all these lands. Through your descendants, all the nations on the earth will be blessed. I will do this because your father, Abraham, obeyed me. He did what I said. He obeyed my commands, my teachings, and my rules. And from Isaac, the promise was passed down to his second son, Jacob, who is Israel. In Genesis chapter 28, Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. He came to a place and spent the night there because the sun had set. He found a stone there and laid his head on it to go to sleep. Jacob dreamed that there was a ladder resting on the earth and reaching up into the heaven. And he saw angels of God going up and coming down the ladder. And then Jacob saw the Lord standing above the ladder. The Lord said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your grandfather, and I am the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are now sleeping. Your descendants will be as many as the dust of the earth. They will spread west and east, north and south. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. I am with you and I will protect you everywhere you go and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Paul refers to these verses in Romans chapter 9 through 11 and says they still and always will apply to the people of Israel. In chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, he says, The Jews refuse to accept the good news, so they are God's enemies. This has happened to help you non-Jews. Unbelieving Jewish people in general, the nation of Israel, are enemies of the church because of the gospel. That's pretty clear. An unbelieving Jew is no different than any other unbeliever. If they don't hold to the gospel, they are the gospel's enemies and are thus enemies of those who hold to the gospel. But Paul didn't stop there like so many scholars seem to believe. But the Jews are still God's chosen people, and God loves them very much. He loves them because of the promises he made to their ancestors. God never changes his mind about the people he calls. God never changes his mind about the people he calls and the things he gives them. Replacement theology incorrectly says that the church replaced Israel, that Israel is out forever. This is contrary to Romans 11 verse 28. God loves the Jews because of the promises he made to their ancestors. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the twelve sons of Israel, and even David who is called a patriarch in the book of Acts, 
Israel is beloved because of the promises made to these people. They are the elect of God. They cannot be cast off as a corporate body, only individually when they reject Christ. And so God still must and does have a plan and a purpose for them. Why is that? Again, just as before, Paul explains it in the same verse. It is because the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable, since, verse 29, God never changes his mind about the people he calls and the things he gives them. God has never rejected Israel, and this is so obvious and so clear in our world today. All of the prophecies which predicted Israel's return were fulfilled in 1948, proving God's faithfulness to this unfaithful nation. The Holy Bible is based on the covenant promises of God to his people. The only time that a covenant like this can be broken is when it is conditional. And this covenant, and this covenant, after Abraham's getting up and going, isn't conditional. But people insert the church into the picture where it doesn't belong, and they replace Israel from where it does belong. God has chosen to plant the people of Israel once again in the land of Israel. Who would we be fighting against if we decided they are not worth fighting for? God! Instead, let us remember Abraham, this man, whose faith was great. Let us love our Lord and give him all our praise. Hallelujah and Amen.